This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. This is Vince Russo's The Brand. First of all, don't tell me what to do. And if any of you refute that, I dare you to come out here and do something about it. Yeah. You're back here at channelattitude.com, Russo's brand. It's the SmackDown Live Review early morning blackout rage on a Monday morning. We're recording wherever you're listening to this. Hopefully you're having a good one. It's time to break down the Friday Night Spectacular Edge. Sheamus tearing down the house here, SmackDown Live. Uh, what's good, you guys? What's good? Uh, finally, I'm the good-looking one on the show uh, because by de- default, uh, Stevie's camera having a little issue this morning. Uh, so we we're working on that in the Blue World Order studios to, to get that adjusted. But I'll just uh, take myself out even now, and we'll give you the uh, SmackDown. There we go. We'll switch sides. Good morning, Stevie. How you doing this morning, buddy? I know you're Oh, never better. Never better, <laughs> never better. You know, yesterday and up until five minutes ago, the iPhone continuity camera, because I got a brand new Mac studio because just trying to turn around stuff even quicker. Mm -hmm. This will be great. It's just a little bit of piecemeal together. This is why I've always been an iMac guy. It's literally everything built into one, the camera, all that stuff and everything. Right. Uh, What I might do is end up getting a studio display. Uh, you know, to do the, I don't know, man. I'm, <laughs> you know, something's going down at Best Buy later today. That's what you know. How many F bombs did I drop uh, before we you, got on? You were hot, man. And usually I'm the one who's the frustrated, uh, out of well, touch. You should, be. you should be at this point <laughs> because you're going through a lot more than I am. Mine's uh, everyone's absolutely going through first world problems. Yeah, so is mine, man, to be honest with you. It's just uh, business-wise uh, out of my hand and having to do whatever we can to spend the money because uh, it just like, I mean, that's a, we're trying to create and trying to make our lives better for our families no matter what. And sometimes these small roadblocks or big roadblocks uh, when you're just trying to do your art, man, it, it's definitely super frustrating. But then I think about uh you know you especially and and other people going through it right now who have with their their health in the past and it's any day can make you fucking irate there's no doubt about that Mm. but it's a lot better than seeing you in a fucking bed wasting away bro i'll tell you that i'd rather have you fired up dropping f-bombs and having the the hulkamania juice running through your veins bro (laughs) Yeah. yeah 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 i mean the thing is, though, it's just a little bit of a, we can geek out for a second. Sure. What I do is when I make the videos, the, the you know, the breakdown analysis videos, I was using a 24-inch iMac. I was using the built-in FaceTime webcam and the audio from that to sync up another camera angle. So that audio was used for the screen recording because the screen recording built in to the Vibeboard is brutal. It, it only works mm-hmm. one out of six times. So I'm using ScreenFlow, and it was so easy to capture the audio and even another camera angle if I needed it. But now with the Mac Studio and I got a third-party display, you got you to piece together the video. You got to rearrange the displays. Then there's no microphone on this monitor, so it literally doesn't sync up. And now I got to 
So I might have to spend way more money on a studio display, which is basically an iMac without the computer mm. and make sure that, because it really does make life easier to sync that audio to a multicam and, and turn everything around. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's what uh, you love more than anything. And it's always an ever changing and evolving process. And to be honest with you, I'm surprised we don't run into uh, snafus like this more, you know? So, uh, but uh, I, I know that doesn't soften the blow when you're trying to get everything up and running and you got a big day ahead of you, no doubt. So we'll put together, we'll put up the picture of uh, the guy we love the most who always brings a smile to everybody's face, big Sally balls up there. <laughs> so uh, actually, uh, that made me happy to see uh, those moments that we've been able to share together, man, for sure. And you with your jacked abs and sexy hair, you son of a bitch. Uh, but yeah, man, <laughs> it was uh, a frustrating week uh, in the cannabis. And my partners and I had to hire a lawyer and I was talking to lobbyists and uh, and uh, back to court this. Well, I'm not, not going to be there Wednesday for another injunction, but Friday I got to drive three hours to go. Hopefully, uh be part of be part of the whole program and fight for everything we can you know and that's what we do man it just wore me out this weekend so i appreciate you and the other guys lifting me up and uh, i feel better chopping wood carry water is uh pretty humbling <laughs> uh you know in the sun and i was updating that in the hameen media group oh, i'm way off on the roadcaster here Grope. Grope. And people were enjoying that those updates as well. I had the uh, Khashoggi world record, I think, was set with the hot sauce, so I posted some of that on my Twitter. Mm. But uh, I know the big story of the weekend, Stevie, I know it's not WWE-related, but I'm sure we may even talk about it with Vince tomorrow on uh, Master Shooter, the Raw review. Uh, but uh, the Cash Wheeler situation uh, of road rage and uh i guess waving a gun around at somebody and uh then they followed him home and or followed him to where he was going that there the guy reported him and uh arrested and uh then ordered to turn in any and all weapons within 12 hours but you know the internet and aew botches go crazy speculating are they is he going to be able to go to wimbley with this or what have you but uh uh uh, another uh seems like every two or three days what's the situation that is everything's fine in aew and then something goes awry i don't know what possesses i mean the society as a whole is losing their ever-loving minds yeah if you're not smartened up and this is a kid i don't even know these guys but they seem both of them for different situations to be really ready to kind of pop off whether it's being super sensitive about certain things, that's the the bald guy, right? Yeah. Uh, the, the Dax Harwood, is that his name? Yes. On the podcast. And then this here, this guy, see, this is the guy that actually punched the fan when that right. guy tried to jump in Red and tackle Brett, mm-hmm. which, you know, I mean, that's a little bit more kind of justified. But, but when they were walking that guy off or rushing him off stage, he kind of popped him with a little headlock punch, right, on the way yeah, out. Yeah, got him with, like, a blind right hook. So I wonder if there are anger. There's obviously anger issues. If you're pulling a gun on somebody, dude, we get cut off every day. There's so much stuff you can pick and choose to piss you off and to go nuclear, uh, you, you know, especially in today's society where everybody has cell phone cameras. Mm-hmm. And this is not the situation to do it. Just drive off. I mean, if the guy, guy was threatening your family or doing whatever, you call the cops. 
and you try to you try to because nothing good comes out of even a self-defense type thing you know say that guy say the person in the other vehicle pulled a gun on him and then he pulls a gun it's like what what good comes out of that just pure speculation I think this is also being way deep in the bubble <laughs> and being the newest members of Cobra Kai, uh, cool guys club where we're untouchable and where the stooges and da 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 and uh, all the little shit that we caught up in on Twitter as wrestlers or whatever it is. And then to be rolling around with a piece like this guy's supposed to be a shooter. What the fuck does he need a gun, you know, in his, uh, I mean, a, a wrestling shooter, not an actual fucking shooter, you know, to be threatening strangers on the highway, dude. Like, you got it. Like, this is how out of touch with reality people can get in the bubble when they work their ass off to get to this point, big, huge contracts, and now you're going to risk it all. You know what I mean? It's some undermining, self-serving shit and thinking that you're untouchable in this world because <laughs> your coach has got you gassed up and you're the stooge from your podcast or whatever it is and you're making really bad uh decisions uh over over and over again. So uh it was the hot news, man. I don't know if it'll uh shake up the Wembley thing because that would fucking kill their main event, but what it does do because if this was WWE it'd probably be an instant suspension or firing, right? And uh and will Tony not do anything about it discipline wise? Cause it'll disrupt the big main event, six man tag if it's for the sake of phony wrestling in the most woke wrestling company and culture that would be against probably any second amendment rights and let alone waving the shit around like a fucking dumbass on the highway. Do you think they're going to do anything to suspend? I mean, he's he's able to travel internationally, so right. he's going to be there at Wembley. But I I don't understand. I just don't understand the bubble like that. If that's what really what it is, or if the guy's going through a ton of stuff, I just don't know. I mean, I could tell he knew the gravity of the situation when he was in court. He could t- yeah. you could tell he could go either way, and that's not. You know, that's not a fun thing to go through for anybody. Court is not inside the bubble. That's why. And you're snapped into reality real fucking quick. Uh, the only thing that would have made it juicier is if it was a, a trans teenager driving the car that he was waving the gun around uh, at. You know what I mean? So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you, got, you got something there, I guess. Uh, but, but there's some real things that, that could happen. Yeah. From this, yeah, this guy yeah. could do some time. It depends on what the judge is. It depends on, you know, and Florida is now a constitutional carry state. I believe they voted on that. If not, it's it's obviously you can have a gun in your car. You can have a gun in, in your home. It's a, the car is an extension of your property. Mm-hmm. But in situations like this, it doesn't give you a right to to pull a gun out or was he waving it from the car yeah. as he was next to the guy yeah Did they pull over? He, he, he flashed it and like then the guy went behind him hit the brakes and he went by he went ahead of him and then the guy said that he got his license plate and all that they were actually getting off at the same exit so he had called the police and uh that's where they had done the stop or what have you and found it while the guy went on to work uh i had read his statement uh that he gave, and I think it was TMZ possibly. Uh, and that from there it went, you know, so. So basically this could have been, this, they, they could have disengaged very easily. There was multiple opportunities. Yeah. But somebody 
refused to do that. Yeah, I, and I think it was uh, Wheeler, and then the guy is like, "Fuck this!" When he sees the gun and backs off, <laughs> you know, and and I'm sure he thought he was a big man doing something, and then uh, once those uh, blue and uh, red lights light up, uh, it's a your asshole puckers up. You couldn't get a fucking pencil up there, right? So, um, yeah, just a poor life decision, absolutely. Uh, what do you think the fallout's going to be? You think Tony will step on him to show that we're woke and we don't allow that behavior, or nope, you're over enough so you can be in the main event because we need you at Wembley and you can do whatever the fuck and we'll look like hypocrites based on all of our woke fucking culture bullshit. I think it's more maybe having to do if punk goes to bad form because it seems like mm-hmm. punk is able to ban people, able to tell people, tell Tony to tell people not to show up. Yeah, There's a lot of stuff there. If punk is going to go to bad form and say, no, nah, he's good, that could be the determining factor of whether this guy... Now, I will say... What are the chances of him ever going back to WWE after this? Uh, well, if Deuce is hiring, they can go to the firing range together. Yeah, he can, he can be his assistant in the bathroom <laughs> with the writer. That's right. That's right. The assistant. He needs the a good lookout guy for the next time. <laughs> Nobody's getting in here. Um, there's a, there is a little follow-up to this, which I'm sure I'll cover on the Monday locker room later today. Uh, but this is the this is how delicious I love that it takes it right back in the wrestling bubble. So MJF comes to the aid on Twitter of uh, <laughs> of Cash with all the like I've known this guy and don't judge him. We all make mistakes and da 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 da. And he's this 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 and this like a big inside the bubble. I'm an over guy tweet like that's trying to save face for the company. And this is what I love about this fucking terrible middle school drama shit the young lady lufisto comes out with a two-page letter retweeting mjf with her statement about everything that went on with a bad match and they tried to ruin her career and call her a terrible person and all this shit but the guy waving the pistol around the fucking highway threatening people's lives he's a hell of a fucking great guy and don't judge him by anything that but a phony wrestling match where somebody treated me shitty backstage and then the whole locker room unites to fucking hate breed on me. She just had them right by the fucking nuts. And it just shows how everybody in that Florida fucking bubble is so clueless and so thinks they're fucking over. And in one breath and tweet, they'll go to bat for the locker room against a girl who just talking about how she was mistreated there. But the guy waving the fucking nine millimeter around, he's a swell fella, isn't he? (laughs) I love, I love when that type of priceless shit happens, man. Isn't it true though? They like you said, uh, stay small. Why yeah. is MJF, who's a heel, well, mm. kind of heel right now? Why does he feel the need to do this? Because he's a kid. He doesn't know any better. He doesn't know. Like he, he at one time he knew shut the fuck up and shut the fuck up. And now as a top guy inside the bubble, you think you're untouchable and that you're doing the right thing, but based on what you did two weeks ago to to cut somebody else's throat, you don't get to be the, uh, you know, the angel saving grace because the over, and this goes to prove it too. Oh, Lufisto, fuck you. You're not over. Who the fuck are you to dare speak out against the the condo clique? Oh, but fucking Wheeler waving around a gun. Nah, nicest guy you could ever want, man. Let him babysit your kids. Like, (laughs) <laughs> and, and and they they do this with 
such hypocrisy and all you have to do is wait a small amount of time and you can easily make them look in the mirror and he doesn't come back with anything after that and he's a kid so I say stupid shit all the time. I just don't uh, try not to do it uh, in front of everybody online, you know? So, uh, I have no clue, dude. This is a, it's a very interesting. It's just funny how all you got to do is just kind of – there's no excuse. I mean, you can go out and run his errands, but just like NFL players and entertainers, mm. if you're doing anything else like partying or going to this or that or the other thing – you just stay home. You got enough money to have your own bar. You have your own, own enough money yeah. to have your own entertainment in your own home and, you know, just limit the time you go out. Obviously this is a extenuating circumstances, but you just got to get in, get out or get out, get back in and avoid stuff like this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's uh, not SmackDown. You guys, uh, this is SmackDown. This is SmackDown, and uh, we are having a little tech difficulty, so we're putting up some uh, photos, uh, and it's not like uh, you need to see us talk anyway and see my two-tone face from standing in the sun yesterday uh, all day, chopping wood, carrying water, but uh, Friday night came back. I had had a rough day (laughs) with a very rough judge's decision in the cannabis uh, industry that's still ongoing, so I got to say thank you to the SmackDown Live self-help group. Group. For for partying with us uh, on Friday night, really, that was one of the few hours of the day that I actually was able to escape my own mind and just have some fun. So uh, we started off, though, Stevie, with the Grayson Waller effect, and uh, he's going to have Santos Escobar and and Ray come down there. And and I thought Santos did a good job in what we talked about of how they had to kind of cover from the X match where Ray knocked his head and then took the title off him later. They got heat on Santos and he was doing the whole, you know, I respect Ray, you know, more than anyone ever in this industry till Austin theory interrupts, then LA Knight and Pierce interrupt. And then we get a challenge for the title. Uh, he challenges Ray for the title. I put Stevie one Oh one. I don't know what that means, but, uh, uh, the opener is made on air, so it looks to me like we don't have any show planned whatsoever. Like our opening matches are getting made live. Like, um, what do you think about this whole opening segment? And, uh, kind of five entrances in one segment, so it's kind of tough to focus on anybody specifically to me. Well, this isn't real. They say it's reality based TV, it's not reality based TV because normally when a talent would go up to the authority or creative and have an idea, they will never do it. But it was on TV. We have the idea. We're we're, we're all ears when it comes to that. Get me guest pass. Get me all ears. (laughs) We're going all ears. Yeah, man. Um, uh, I don't know. Like it it was all right. It chugged along, but I kind of have to hold their feet to the fire the same way I do AEW where they do four weeks of business in one segment just to get to it. This, this didn't, this wasn't like any real inciting incident. And I thought we were going to get LA Knight versus Ray. Oh, this is why I wrote Stevie one Oh one last week. You said that LA Knight should have come out and challenged and won the title. Right. And that it could have won it out of nowhere. Here was the opportunity to do that. And they didn't. Instead we get, the second tier match instead of LA Knight versus Ray right there, which uh, would have got things on track with what your creative was last week. I thought they were going to do it. So I was surprised uh, 
they didn't pull the trigger on it, but you were, you were definitely right on that same path. Well, they've already, the thing is they've crossed, they've crossed the Rubicon that now LA Knight, I, I think he's going to get, if they continue his type of thing where he's almost pandering a little bit to the crowd, mm-hmm. they're going to turn on him a little bit or they're not going to react as much. He's getting, he's getting an immense pop, but I'm paying attention. And each week that goes by that they're not pulling, really pulling the trigger on him, the pop gets less and less. Have you noticed mm-hmm. that? They do the Pavlovian thing that you talk about every week, but the actual, the actual thing of, you know, this guy is the, he's on a rise. It just feels right. like he's treading water until they decide it's time to pull the trigger. And unfortunately, just like Roman Reigns, they could have gotten an extra three to four years out of him pulling the trigger, but they did it very, very late. Well, I mean, they, they see what happened to FTR with the finger on the trigger, and I'm sure they don't want any of that heat. I, I did that in a metaphor. I know you did. Uh, we don't, the group mind is strong, my man. We don't even need to see each other eye to eye. We got it like that. Um, but the thing with LA Knight is why I think pull the trigger or not, and you put this over with, he doesn't have a McMahon to go after. We don't have any. This was kind of one, but we haven't had many of those situations where you're ready to hear the Austin glass break and the place comes up in that Pavlovian way. Like there's no high point stakes between the heels. Was there really a big moment between Austin theory and Ray and Santos Escobar, the LA Knight needed to be the one to run in there to steal the moment. We, we need a big like uh heel heater moment that's leading up until we hear that glass break, right? And I think that's what well, we're Well, you knew really I had your dick in her hand was Ray the entire time. Yeah, yes, I agree. supposed to act at LA Knight. It's supposed to be happy. It's supposed to be mad. Grayson Waller acted somewhat mad. He doesn't have an angle with LA Knight. <laughs> There's these mixed-in reactions that don't quite line up with the person coming out. Shouldn't have been really. Like, if we're going to make something for later – you know, you got two heels out there, Grayson Waller and Theory, L.A. Knights on the floor. That's where babies get over on, uh, you know, Austin Theory right there. Grayson Waller tries something, and that's where L.A. Knight gets to hit his skull-crushing finale, stunner, whatever the fuck it is, on him. And babies are up strong with a big pop in the beginning of the show while heels fuck off after they tried to jump him and get over on him. Like, we're just missing these like moments just to set up a match. And then when we come back, you'll see this match. Oh, okay. Uh, the, we need the opening action sequence. If we make movies here, pal, that's what we need is inciting incidents. They don't come in the beginning of a movie and then go, and now we'll all sit down and write the script for act one together. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, so uh, interesting, a lot of good talent in the ring here, just not the best use of it in the way the structure of this scene was. Uh, and these making matches on air is fucking brutal. Uh, LA Knight versus Austin Theory with Miz on commentary, uh, and he costs LA Knight this match. So <laughs> that's where they're obviously going with these two of Miz doing half a shoot, calling him flash in the pan. And Miz seems genuinely hot here. I'm, I wanted to ask you, do you think in the stories we saw about he doesn't know how to play politics backstage, that's why he's not getting pushed, that that's Miz and whoever else testing him or Miz is now 
been there so long he's on the inside of whatever team it is and like because the shoots he was laying down on commentary seemed pretty (laughs) real and not wrestling scripted what did you think about that yeah but there's two different things it's kind of like what we're going to talk about with edge and sheamus Mm. when you're really close to somebody you can take liberties and beat the hell out of them or say certain things i mean what do you what do you think do you think that might have been it it's the exact opposite because i don't as much as miz is cutting the promo and he's great he's going to be definitely one of the people in the underrated series on the youtube channel yeah with miz it, it just feels like the opposite like the reason why miz can be comfortable with being that angry at la night and kind of shoot on him is because they are friends I, I hope so. I hope it is that. I, I just also feel like being a truth and comedy guy when they say like Miz was there going, this guy's, I can't remember what they said, uh, some some type of epic legend or some bullshit. And Miz goes, why? Tell me why. Like the guy hasn't been on reality TV. He hasn't drawn a number. I'm the one out there doing all the legwork uh, for WrestleMania, selling tickets. Uh, I've, you know, I've been X amount of time world champion, headline WrestleManias, and you're calling this guy the fucking end-all be-all. Why? What has he done? He came up from NXT in you know as an attitude era fanboy and that's about it and to be honest with you with truth and comedy wise he's not wrong i'm not saying la Knight won't get to that level but those were pretty stiff and real shots of like you can give this guy a moniker but fuck that he hasn't proved anything he hasn't been on dancing with the stars he hasn't been on real world world rules challenge he doesn't have his own reality show with his hot wife like all that shit is is very very true and i thought like those were coming out pretty quick instead of, Hey, we're buddies and I can rib on you this way. Those were some harsh truths. Oh, you got a good point there. I just, I just don't know. I mean, nothing, nothing. I, I, I can sense when there's the awkward real heat. Okay. Do we have a little little bit of heat? Yeah. But I mean, Miz could just be, Miz has a key. This is the thing about a heel Miz is speaking a truth. Mm-hmm. Miz will say what he says, and he's right. The danger in that, the thin line in that is when you tell too many truths, it could turn people on LA night and have Miz be a baby face. That's, uh, and, and, and is that Miz's alternative plan down deep? I doubt it because he likes being a, a top heel, but uh, uh, it's interesting to me. There was just a lot more reality in his commentary that kind of took away from the LA night match to me. I was more into like, wow, Miz is going in right here than what the fuck the business is in the ring. And that was good because Miz caused the finish and that's where the real business is right between those two. Agree. Yeah. Okay. Um, then we get uh, the first uh, quick blackout package of edge 25 year shout outs from everybody in the locker room. Share uh, John Cena, Seamus, Natty, Miz, uh, and others uh, just putting over Edge and uh, how great of a human being he is. Uh, but these are these are good little things that speed up the pace and are good palate cleansers. Anything to add on the, on this segment? What is the what is the is he retiring or is like it seemed like they they presented as a swan song yeah. the whole thing with Sheamus out of nowhere doesn't do him any favors to have that match like a week later. 
Right. Well, I guess people were projecting going into the show that this was his retirement match, that he's hanging him up after that. And you got Beth uh, at ringside with the kids and all that. So it really felt like that without saying it. I mean, he didn't take his boots off and leave him in the ring. And then, of course, the sheets go wild of like, he could end up in AEW with Christian. I'm like, dude, I don't, <laughs> I don't see that happening unless like, Khan's got 10 million that he's going to fucking throw his way, you know? So, uh, you know, that it was, it was, uh, a big to do for him. And I think that may have been his last WWE match until the next one. So he's just, that's what I mean. This is very, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I can't think of a word. It's kind of it's kind of the end of the book, but it isn't at the same time. It's a, there's a to, to be continued. It feels it's, like it's counter something. Like basically, there's no build, no anticipation, no right. payoff, no nothing. It literally just came out of nowhere. Unless he's injured again. But this match that he had with Sheamus, if he wasn't injured before, or if he had any kind of injury, he's, he's feeling it now because they yeah. beat the shit out of each other. And to have your go home in Toronto, I mean, a great, like, this will be the last time I ever perform here. Maybe he's got one more in him at Royal Rumble or something like that. But going out on his own terms with versus his buddy, you know, in a huge arena that's his hometown, that's why it felt like the end for me. But they did end with the 25-year stuff, but they never really quantified it as the final match. Um. Then we get... Uh... <laughs> Control now. <laughs> Damage control versus share and EST. Uh, and, you know, I'm just looking at Bianca and going, here she is with her own print of herself on her gear. Her gear looked awesome. I'm sure she probably made it herself and it looks great. And I, again, I'm going, where is the Bianca Belair clothing line? She's got her own graphics on her gear that she's having custom made. Why is this shit not out in Target? You know what I mean? Uh, being uh, empowerment for young ladies. I don't know. Uh, that's all I can think of is how much, how many millions of dollars are there that's just being left on the table. And if you want to talk about, you know, black culture, which I'm, I'm sure you do, uh, you know, whether it's uh, tying themselves to brands like Balenciaga or Louis Vuitton or, uh, you know, anything in hip hop referencing Bugattis and all that kind of shit, like, she should be on the same level of a designer as a Louis Vuitton in some place, uh, like with handbags or whatever she wants to do and have something for the Walmart crowd at the same time. And, and once that money, Martha Stewart money starts rolling in, fuck wrestling, you know? Yeah. But well, there seems to be this thing in wrestling where, yeah, I don't know. You said the bubble, yeah. but the bubble holds people back from ever thinking in those terms, you know? Yeah, I mean, she's got it all there. She's a seamstress. Seems like I'd be pushing it. Uh, I put Bailey stiff bumps on her hip on a couple things. Bailey was really bumping her ass off, but she was also bumping on her ass a couple times. And I was like, oh, sis is going to feel that. And then we get into this hot tag, and it's a mega botch. Like, I don't know what happened uh, on the hot tag. But, like, they're sitting there with their arms out, and they go to tag, and, like, nobody's stopping anybody. And it, it was just a real mess. Like, we got to the – one group thought it was going to be the hot tag and a cutoff, and the other group thought it was just going to be the real hot tag spot that was coming three or four minutes later. So uh, what did you think about that? 
I don't know if it was on purpose. You're talking about a hot tag right into the finish, like literally. No, that was the second one. They There was supposed to be one that was a false tag, the hot tag, and nobody cut the other team off, and they're sitting there <laughs> going with their hands out, and, and nobody's stopping them, and, and then they get up and stopped it themselves. It was It was really, really bad. It seems like no matter what kind of experience or how much experience the the women have, if you veer off the choreographed rehearsal from earlier, it all goes to hell. Yeah, I agree. You know, I, like, there's no like. I've been there. In, yeah. in the girls' match, like usually our saying is workers, you can make a mistake because the people aren't going to know if you know how to cover it up and look like it was meant to be, or right. made it make it look like a shoot or a struggle. When one thing doesn't go how they have envisioned it in their mind, which is sad because usually how many times in your career, Ben, has something not worked out how you thought, the spot or the finish, and you're like, wow, that was even better. Like, that was weird. We just Mm -hmm. went a whole different direction because whatever environment, the crowd reaction, the crowd, you just had to kind of veer off and do an audible, whether you meant to or not. When they do that, and we saw the pay-per-view, how many times did they look like they were lost on their own dedicated pay-per-view because the spot wasn't exactly, you're not in the right corner, and you're not Hot Wheels, and you're not doing this, and it all goes to hell. And it's not just them. We've seen it with Becky and Trish recently, too. Like, they're just so married to, like, duck one, come back, flip through, da, 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 da. And if you miss one thing, well, then all the rest of them, that house of cards crumbles. And also, if you're even doing it, it just feels like robotic and paint by numbers. You're not really in the moment getting energy off the crowd, charging up how you should, listening, taking a second to get character over. We're just one sequence into the next sequence and the next high spot and the next, like it, it, it's, it's rough. Um, then we get uh, EO. Uh, sorry. What are we here? Char- finally get the hot tag. Charlotte gets all of her shit in on Bailey. Bailey taking a lot of bumps in this match. I was surprised as a veteran that she was mm-hmm. really doing a lot of work, which means the other girls might be, the other girl might be hurt. But uh, EO uh, Shirai, the uh, genius of the sky. No, the idiot of the post. She <laughs> doesn't move on this fires into the post super hard. I go, God damn sis. You're going to feel that one for sure. Uh, that always looks like a it's a, it's an easy spot to take, but the post wins every goddamn time. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then um, we have babies up here. Uh, the EST and Charlotte go over on the made tag team with the girl who's the champ, um, with an extra girl in their squad. So heels get beat by a non-tag team here like that always leaves me scratching my head even though they are both former champs and quality wrestlers or what have you but at the end we've got babies going over so why are babies going over here heels definitely should have been up i felt like the booking decision in the overall format of the show and in this segment was the wrong choice it it definitely felt like it. I, I just don't know. It, Charlotte just seems to be phoning this in every time she's out there. If she's not the absolute focal point of everything in her match, it's literally like I want to get in and get out or get my shit in or all three. 
Have you yeah. seen that? Yes, I agree with that. I agree with that completely, especially after the hot tag. It was, I got to get all my shit in right here. Yeah, because we're not, I'm not getting the pin. So I'm getting all this. And even when the pin happens, I'm still going to hit my little thing to set up the finish. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And she just also put over that she's going to break, not wants to break. She's going to break the all-time heavyweight, uh, you know, record with 17, 19, 44. Who gives a fuck really, right? Oh, you're talking about the the prestigious women's title for the one brand, <laughs> not the whole company that's been around for obviously 100 years. Well, it's really just about beating her dad's record from 16 to 17 to 18 to 44. Do you think there's a part of him that's mad about that? Uh, yeah, he'll start burying her. I wouldn't doubt it. I, the other part, too, and I don't wish this on anybody because I got friends who are going through it right now. We, we all are, and in the wrestling biz, it happens. But there was rumblings that uh, she might be going for her father's marriage record, too. So, Oh, well, we don't talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could play uh, in it, though. If you're not happy at home, man, it, it, yep. it does affect you. Yep. And in wrestling, I mean, you got a 20% shot marrying another worker that things are going to work out till the end of time. Um, Street Profits versus the Good Briz. Uh, EST gets jumped back. We go to a commercial, but then when EST gets jumped backstage uh, by uh, Damage Control. And then, <laughs> so Street Profits are in the ring, and they come out not dressed in suits. They get a baby face pop. Lashley comes out, gets a baby pop when they're supposed to be a heel group. They're back to wearing kind of cool guy sports stuff. I like their gear. And then we go to commercial, come back. His buddy's wife is getting the shit kicked out of her backstage while he just stands in the ring and watches it on the Titan Tron. Yeah, sounds great. Sounds great. <laughs> sounds like everything. It sounds like sounds like there's more than one unhappy marriage. On this show. <laughs> he sent him uh so that that is just i'm another wwe asinine choice of that pre-tape would be all right back there to do it before street profits enter and he has to break him up and then go out for his match but to do it in the order they did it just makes everybody look like a fool it been great it would have been great if the the street profits with lashley were entering the arena and walk right over her body as she's going to be up. <laughs> can't grieve forever. Sorry to steal your line. Uh, really good match, uh, but who's the heel here? What is the biz? Uh, I put everybody worked hard, worked our ass off on here, but we were, we've were we been in the jazz clubs with Bobby. We've, we've gone, uh, stopped dressing in track suits and start dressing in Jack Victor suits. And seeming like they were going to be, they when they won two weeks ago, they looked like guys who were day traders on the stock market that showed up and got their shit in. But here we're back to kind of a real sports based uh, uh, presentation, and that's the other thing with being a heel when you're as goddamn athletic as Montez Ford is, and you got all this unbelievable offense. That's all babyface stuff. Uh, most of the time, a heel should be kick, punch, claw, scratch, right? Uh, and, and a couple big power moves. But this guy's got to do all of his stuff because that's what people are paying their ticket for. I, I still don't understand how, like, because they did it with the, the LWO before when they had the fancy, where we drink the finest of everything, have the finest clothes, whatever right. that group was. 
Yeah, they're all Alberto Del Rio or JBL clones in a way, or a Million Dollar Man. They're trying to be narcos too. They're trying to be, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, now yeah. they're the friendly ones, not the ones that kill at the border. They're, <laughs> right. like, they're the ones that deliver diapers and formula to the kids, <laughs> kids that are in sex traffic across the border. Right. I mean, what I'm saying is like, how does it train dressing well and doing all that stuff? I understand, but these are wrestling fans. These are not like, you know, you're not going to the Met Gala. You're not, they, 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 they see wine and finer suits and sitting there in yeah. posts. And it's like, God, I bought a ticket to see people beat the shit out of each other. What am I watching? <laughs> right. You get that, like, they're kind of like, don't know their audience or they're trying to create an audience that appreciates that. Like, that's, what are we talking about? $3,800 or 38000 a minute for SmackDown? Is that what, yeah. 2.8 or 2.9 million or something? Per episode. Yeah. And this is how you're getting the talent over or getting people to watch on a Friday night. Well, I, I put this over, I think, last week too, how <laughs> the street profits are the conduit for pro sports in the crossover of WWE. They come out in every city with the jersey or colors on that's their own gear, but it looks like, you know, the Philadelphia Phillies or whatever it is, you know, whoever's hot. And here we are going into NFL season, and it's the perfect group to get things crossed over for. And now we're going to put them in suits and take all that away. And we got nobody to fill that spot. And if you're talking about hip hop culture, which they definitely are and represent that, especially if his wife has got big door knocker earrings on shaking her ass and whipping around a fucking four foot hair braid, you're pretty much doing a lot of world star ghetto fabulous shit. Well, wearing $1,200 Jack Victor custom suits and sitting in a jazz club that ain't what black culture is into in 2023. I'm here to t- tell you right now. Uh, they're into Pound Town by Sexy Red and uh, all this other shit, dude. So they're they're just missing on every level. And whatever it is of Vince or Deuce trying to reinvent uh, the African-American lifestyle after they just dropped that suit. Uh, Bobby Ashley dropped her suit against all the individual plaintiffs, but kept it against WWE in case they want to settle and revisit. You know what I mean? So is this in response to that? Like she was saying, you know, all the Muslim extremist stuff they wanted to do with Mansoor that they did in her Ali. And then the, you know, shake your ass ghetto booty stuff with EST. Is this them having to write a more, I don't even know what the word would be uh, uh, more upscale, I guess, storyline for African-Americans. A solo cup type thing, but now. Right. right. The, the, the Don Perignon scissor. Yeah. yeah. We, we drink mimosas, not scissor up anymore. I guess that's right. Right. Like the right to that level. Plus they were, they would, no, they didn't have, I, I love the ones where they're drinking and partying backstage, but then they have a match later. I'm going to go out there and hammer. <laughs> Get fucked up. Oh, shit. Um, I, wonder if they, I wonder if this was crafted in response to the, the lawsuit because, really, when it comes to uh, Hurt Business 2.0, we had seen Omos with them. We had seen MVP with them. We had, uh, hadn't seen Shelton and Cedric, but we really haven't quantified the group at all. And here we just saw the trio of Lashley and those two. So, I don't think they've got a real roadmap of where they want to go with this either. Oh, you think? 
<laughs> yeah, I would uh, say that's a pretty good guess that they have no idea where this is going. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, we go backstage, and Paulie's having a anxiety attack, and that gave me an anxiety attack because I, I was already in a bad way. Uh, and uh, Kayla asks him some shit, and he just gives her a no, and then talks about rumors of the status of the pepper necklace and what's going on inside the bloodline and chastises uh, her because they got to play out their weird little fucking game where they think it's cute. Like anybody's insta what's her name? Kayla Braxton and fucking Paul Heyman's funny retort odd couple game that's going on. Oh, isn't that how he treats her bad and she doesn't sell it and, and gives it back to him. Oh, isn't that the gripping TV we've all been waiting to see? Oh yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> well, I was actually uh out of it a little bit here with this talking with the self-help group chat. What did you think about this Paul E promo? Same thing I thought. I think Russo nails it down. He needs to be animated. Yeah, yeah. None of it seems real to me. Uh, and that sucks because he was one of the most real dudes there was, 96, 97. <laughs> Last century. Yeah, last century. Uh, then we get uh, the big main event of uh, the evening of the summer, really. The biggest party of the summer. And why wasn't this on SummerSlam is what I was wondering. You know, like if, if Edge is going out big, why wouldn't you do this three weeks earlier at SummerSlam if this is his retirement thing? Um, but, man, they were kicking the shit out of each other. And, again, I thought of you. I just was cringing, dude. Like in the opening half of this match, we have a power bomb uh, to the floor with a, you know, coming off the apron. And I'm like going, this guy's got spinal stenosis and he's taking fucking power bombs on the floor, bro. That's, I don't care if it's your buddy or not, man. Like that, that shit is so dangerous all the time. Um, but this match was badass and the crowd was way with it with all the, the clubbing stuff, uh, Beth cutting to Beth with her reactions in the, in the crowd was great. Uh, they bid on all the falsies I thought as well and no interruptions or run-ins or other stupid business. The uh, focus was definitely on them and I thought the crowd was with it every step of the way. I totally agree with that. Yeah. This is definitely a match that like, the only thing that I could criticize is the lack of build anticipation to make this into something. If they decided three to four weeks ago, which it seems like another sudden retirement by edge. So yeah. I have a real question. What's going on? Is he healthy? Cause they had a hell of a match. If his neck was bad or anything, that's a pretty scary situation with your family in the front row and, yeah, and they weren't working around it that I could see because I was no, thinking no. of that too, you know. No, he gave them every bit in that, like, the, those forms to the chest still hit the the neck area and you're, mm-hmm. you're against the ropes just whiplashing your neck. And then at the same time, when he went for the spear and, and Seamus hit that knee, holy God, man. Yeah. Even yep. if it's a it, – there's contact. And he jaw-jacked him. So that right there with his neck – and, and combine that with just the regular bumps that you're taking. So That might be a great one for uh, Stevie Richards' wrestling analysis to break down. I'm thinking about it. I, I mean, it's a mystery surrounding it, uh, but I really would like to have more information because yeah. it's weird. It's, it's vague for – it feels vague for all the wrong reasons. Like, you shouldn't be saying, is, is this his last match? I know he said something after the show or – 
something about that, but, but it feels like, are you retired or are you saying you're, you are retiring? Did you pick that up too? Like it, the- yeah, I, I, it is like to, to not have it there or have anybody like come out to be like, you're not going to retire. Maybe we could have done something with Bray Wyatt with the fun house right there. Like he's going to do a cinematic piece that takes him all the way back through his stuff. You know what I mean? But- I don't think that would serve the edge well because he, his performance in the ring is something that in a standard wrestling environment is much better. If you pull out all these tricks, even Cena's thing, it was cool. And they, you know, had him in the NWO shirt, had different yeah. gimmicks, but it doesn't make sense in the way they were just doing that because it was COVID. Yeah, I, I think, I think I just got enough history that we could write some good bits to make it work. And Edge could obviously do it, but I agree. Edge's magic is that entrance in the, fast-paced missile style kind of he's always like a missile coming at you you know here's where here's where it can make sense if you film something that's like the hollywood backlot brawl which it ends up in the arena that yeah. that could be a good break or a split between two universes i was just thinking with the brood stuff that that could easily play into you know the firefly funhouse stuff yeah i mean it could but how does edge i don't know they it's it did work last time. You figured it was going to be a brand new way of film. And even the right. AJ Taker thing at WrestleMania, it was it was cinematic, but it was still in the confines of, of wrestling and bumps and this and that sure. with a buried alive match on location. How do you do this? If Edge had a match like a first blood match or a bloodbath match, then you add the cinematics. I think that could work. But putting him in a cinematic and then – just playing tricks with his different characters. I, I don't understand that. Gotcha. I, I, I think, it, I think it could work, but uh, I totally see your point on uh, what to do to bring it back to the arena, even having Bray rise out of the, the, yeah. f- the floor, like, uh, you know, even if he's got Gangrel with him or whatever it is. So I, a I lot of people Bray's in the water. I don't know if that guy's <clears throat> coming back. I don't know why he looks great. We had him on a show last year and <laughs> worked a good match, man. So, uh, strange, strange why they didn't, or, you know, not having Christian there. Like that's the other thing maybe they're holding out on is all I can think of, of, uh, we want to have them go out together to, to some degree, but, uh, this match was badass and it was an awesome main event. And that it also made me scratch my head of why you had flair and EST go over earlier when heels should have been up there with this big go home positive segment you know what i mean so uh some strange booking choices and some bad more bad promos backstage segments and then stand in the ring and watch your wife get the shit kicked out of her <laughs> don't do nothing <laughs> kind of like uh left me scratching my head so this seems like they focused on the main event and everything else was shit piecemealed together kind of from the opening where everybody was stepping on each other's stuff just to make a match that really didn't mean anything you know, uh, so uh, kind of a really piss poor, but really good smackdown in the same same breath here. But I was just glad we didn't have 90 tribal chief recaps in this one, really. No, the, the package they did for Edge was awesome. But yeah. when you have packages every week on the talent, it's, it loses uh, that luster. Mm-hmm. What do you think about him possibly jumping to AEW to do something with Christian over there for a big money payday? Or do you think he's uh VKM loyal and uh, that, that wouldn't be in the cards? No, absolutely not. He's not going anywhere. 
Uh, there's a story that I, people may know, but WWE paid off his student loans when he got yeah. signed. Yep. And they've paid him when he's been out, even after he retired. There's There's been a steady paycheck for Edge coming well over 25 years, right? About 25 years. Mm-hmm. Why yeah. would you? I, I just feel like if if Christian can get lost in the shuffle, if Punk can get lost in the shuffle, and the sure. name the talents from WWE, even in the mid card, that seem more special than they are now in AEW because they're not on TV at all. Why would you? That's not a. And Edge is a big legacy guy. The, the Canadians are very proud. Bret Hart, Jericho, him, all those guys about their legacy. And I feel like, and Edge especially, I think is a lot closer to the Bret Hart type of thing where he doesn't want to do anything to damage his legacy. Yeah. Of course, with Jericho and um, Brett, there are some hard feelings that were developed with management over the years. Edge has never had an experience like that, from what I know. Yeah, I'm sure he's had to eat shit and also at the same time get over and, you know, how he's put his body on the line, which they put over in that recap, absolutely is. Um, yeah, the coolest thing, I, the, one of the coolest things that ever happened to me at 2CW was even behind the scenes was when he showed up with Dreamer and Rhino and uh, we were in Watertown and it was just he and I for like an hour backstage kicking it and talking aliens and uh, atheism. <laughs> and it was, uh, it was a very interesting experience. Usually they want to, you know, when you're not that I was young in my career, I was fucking whatever, 12 years in at the time. Uh, and when a guy like that with that legacy shows up, you usually just shake hands, stay small and say thank you and not get into a conversation because a lot of guys will just test you to try and cut your throat, but it wasn't, it was a very genuine sit down time of kind of just doing a a personal conversation like you and I do on the podcast, man. So not only is a a fan and a a worker who obviously respects his hall of fame career, that was a, a pretty cool like locker room moment for me just to get down and talk that shit. And, uh, he believed and we were right. Edge and I were right. God damn about all these aliens deuce <laughs> yeah i mean I, I, that's where the gun will come into play or <laughs> use, you know, point at the sky yeah. everybody get behind cash he'll protect us <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah man uh it was uh the best of smackdown the worst of smackdown no it was uh, a good way to to end up for edge I, I think he's probably got another one you know never say never there seems like it was a good big moment i was happy for him to get to do it in toronto and, and that hometown crowd but them not quantifying it leaves the door open so uh, we shall see. Uh, but what else are we going to see? Hopefully this week, uh, Stevie, as I'm sure he's got business today, but we'll get all of his tech running how he wants for the Stevie Richards wrestling analysis channel. Stevie, what's coming down the pipe? Well, we got the Bret Hart superplex video. People requested that. Uh, by the way, I want to thank everybody for subscribing, uh, on YouTube as well as Patreon. We're well over 80 Patreon supporters. Nice, nice. YouTube are about to hit 36,000 subscribers and that Cody video has 116,000 views, the Goldberg one, uh, 164. So people are really, really enjoying this, and that, that makes me enjoy it. And it's just a matter of getting the workflow down to as few steps. Yeah, you as, sounded uh, like you were enjoying it this morning off camera. You sounded like you were enjoying that. Yeah, it was such a joy. <laughs> uh, but on Patreon, as we're recording this, I uploaded 
the go to sleep sloppy finish from AEW Collision and gave mm. my reasoning as to why it happened. A little sneak peek is, you know, if you're used to wearing trunks and you put on a bodysuit and a mask and you have to do something where you have to lift your knee up to knee somebody twice, who, yeah. by the way, is about 100 pounds overweight. That's what I was going to say. It, it might not be the fucking uh, outfit. It could definitely be the guy you got to pump up over well, your Also, head. Joe didn't post uh, his, le- his left arm, mm. and it's in the Patreon thing. I don't want to give too much away because people sure. are giving their hard-earned money away or you know, donating it. Um, <laughs> his one, both, both hands need to be posted on the shoulder. His left hand was posted on Punk's oblique. Mm. So essentially, that's why he slid off a punk and the mask came off, and there wasn't that one, three, five, ten Mississippi to remove the mask afterwards. Yeah. So that's that's part. I go into detail on that on the patreon.com forward slash studio Richard site. And of course, the Bret Hart superplex video might be done if this fucking Mac. <laughs> All right, I'll stop. Uh, it'll be out today because I really want to do put up at least two videos a week. So people get, get their fix. Awesome, man. I can't wait to, to watch that for sure. I was going to bring that up. I knew you were uh, working on it, so I don't want to do, don't want to stooge any of that off, but like you said earlier in the show, <laughs> sometimes the end doesn't go how you want it and you better be ready to adjust uh, or, you know, sometimes you just got to eat crow and go, hopefully we'll get it right at Wembley, you know, and uh, maybe they need to watch uh, Stevie Richards breakdown of their own work. But uh, it seems well, like Stevens is on, on watch right now. Probably oh. <laughs> can't take my stuff down. Yeah, Don is definitely on watch. She may even have a gun at this point. So watch your back. Is that story true about the musician who met her? I don't know if it's true or not. It definitely adds to the lore of Don Stevens. So I, I like it either way. Um, I haven't seen it quantified, but it's on the sheets. Uh, cough button. And um, we'll see, man. Uh, you can check that on the Hameen Media group. Uh, group, And that was, it made me laugh. I needed a laugh that day. And that was definitely one of them. So uh, big shout out to Don. Keep doing you. And, uh, you know, tune into AEW botches for the next uh, felony charge, I guess, is what it comes down to. Here's a little, here's, here's a little advice for both of them and anybody in the bubble. It's pretty much better to save to be safe to assume that people do not know who you are. Yeah, isn't it? Doesn't it seem so on brand that that is exactly what Don would say to a complete stranger who would then recount it? The guy has nothing to gain. He's not. He hasn't even been a wrestling fan for a while. Right. So I, I, I have to say, there's probably credence because why would this guy lie about that? I'm because he wanted to make my day a little brighter. That's what I'd like to say. <laughs> well, the pony pays, maybe you can be like, man, Daly's place for $5 million they'll pay us. Say, right, right. Be a payoff. Don, be like, don't worry, I'll I'll front your band too. I've got this, you guys. Stand back. I'm going to sing. Arena dancer. They do need they, one. They, they need band. backup dancers. I think she's ready to go at a at the drop of a hat for sure, man. Uh, but y'all, uh, we went today, you guys. Thanks for dealing, or hanging with us, dealing with us, hanging with us while we deal with a, a little bit of tech snafu. But uh, obviously, you know, um, you don't need to see my ugly face back and forth. But you have been deprived of Stevie's 
Beautiful looks and five o'clock shadows. So heat's on him. So uh, the, face, the face on this cover is actually when I watch some of these things that I'm. <laughs> <gonna play. laughs> Ooh. Ooh, God damn. And he's all, you're also always baby oiled up as well. I have to oil up to watch this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, y'all, uh, man. Thank you guys for subscribing. Channelattitude.com, Hami Media Group side, Russo brand side, Stevie's Patreon, all of our YouTubes, any, uh, bits or super stickers we we know your entertainment dollar is split up between so many different subscriptions so we really want to appreciate you guys for being the best and most loyal wrestling fans on the internet here hanging with us and in all of our community stuff so uh shout out to all the producers shout out to all the lumberjacks and lumberjills this weekend i got to hang out with and shout out to my man big stevie cool here on your smackdown live review infidels y'all come on out you rapist Mm-hmm.